Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is up? Welcome to another very exciting episode of Talking Pitching. Our guest today happens to be one of the more charitable pitchers in the major leagues. A few weeks ago, he purchased hundreds of dollars worth of meals and desserts from local Milwaukee restaurants and frozen custard shops. He's also frequently benefits uh, those impacted by congenital heart disease or CHD. He also just so happened to win the gold glove as well as MVP, the two most prestigious awards the league has to offer and championship over in Korea. You can find him on Twitter at Josh Lindblom 52, the newest pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, Josh Lindblom. Josh, thanks so much for joining us today, man. How you doing? That was probably the best intro I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Fast does. The Fast is very, very good at that. You did your your homework. Well, dude, I mean, listen, you're you're the one, like, I can write an intro. You're the one doing the legit stuff. I mean, the stuff you, I was like, I'm moving Milwaukee to get some of that custard. That's not like. Honestly, I was just really hungry that day. I I got no (laughs) problem. (laughs) <laughs> oh man so uh so before we jump into the the really fun stuff like what is your routine like these days we, we've heard it from a lot of guys some are really checking where the coaches a ton some kind yeah. of just know what they're doing uh, what is it like as you're kind of waiting to hear more about what's going to happen with the majors uh not much of a routine honestly um that's, that's the hard part is mm-hmm. i've got a kind of a base outline for um, when I'm going to, when I think I need to be ready and then I'm kind of going off of that, but it's, it's not very strict. Um, right now I'm throwing five days a week, uh, getting off the mound twice a week. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of, you know, play within that, that routine. Um, it's just, it's just hard not having a date, not having anything to work towards. It's a, it's a lot different right. off season scenario where, Hey, report day is February 14th. Let's just say and everything works toward that date. Mm-hmm. Right now we just don't know. So that that's the challenging thing with, with the routine. Definitely. Yeah, of course. There's so much going on right now. And, and uh, there's so many questions we want to ask you about what is going to be a, a uh, your your experiences in the MLB. You've had plenty of experiences before you return to the Brewers, of course. But I wanted to ask you some questions about the KBO first, because you've been a, a fantastic ambassador for the sport. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who are uh, who are interested in watching the KBO, but then there's still some people who are, tro- you know, we're still trying to not really convince, but hey, it's earlier in the morning and it's a slightly different brand of baseball, but it's still a lot of fun to watch um so what was your experience like uh joining the kbo for the first time i believe your first team was with the lote giants correct what was it what was that experience like coming from america over to korea uh definitely different um that's that's the one word that i tell people and and different really isn't better or worse it's just different uh but you know i remember my first start uh, we opened up in jamshill stadium against the LG twins. And I felt like my heart was going to be out of my chest, hmm. uh, sold out stadium. There's something like I'd never felt before. And it's just, I mean, it's just a different atmosphere. Um, coming back, playing, playing in the U S it's a lot calmer. It's a lot quieter. Uh, you might have some music in between innings, but it's from the first pitch to the last pitch guys, songs are being sung, uh, music's being played. So it's a little bit more, I would say, you know, college football esque, um, to compare it to something here, uh, but it's just it's a fun fun game to play. 
from from a pitching perspective, right? We've gotten uh, a great perspective. We were fortunate enough to interview Dan Straley uh, um, a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about the transition that he was slowly making. You obviously, with two years of big success in the KBO, have a lot of experience there. From a pitching perspective, can you talk a little bit about some of those learning curves? Then yeah. was there a moment where you were like, "Oh man, I mean, some of th- this isn't going to play," or actually, "This is going to play a lot better than it's ever played yeah. before." How much time do you have? <laughs> as much as you're willing to give, yeah, dude. <laughs> so uh, when I when I went there, I was primarily fastball, slider. I mean, I was I was a reliever, so I was two pitches, three pitches, maybe fastball curve or fastball slider changeup. So I got there, and um, my first year, I had trouble striking guys out. Mm. So as you know, as you see in the league, it's a lot more. It's higher contact rates. Uh, there, I mean, there is swing and miss. Uh, you just have to know where to get it. But guys, what they're able to do, the the swing is a little different in that. I the, if you watch the swing, their hips go, um, but they're able to keep their hands back really, really well, and then they just kind of play pepper with the ball. Huh. So it's a little different. So on breaking balls, if you know if you have a slower breaking ball or a breaking ball that's not sharp and late. They're able to let their hips leak and then flip and play pepper and foul those pitches off. Um, so my slider really, uh, for whatever reason, it just I just didn't strike guys out with it. So I needed a pitch that was that mirrored my fastball that had a little bit of late depth to it, and that's when I started throwing my split. Mm. Um, so I added the split, and my strikeouts went up a little bit. And then I had the issue with my sliders. Like, right, what do I do with this pitch now? Um, because I'm not striking guys out with it. Uh, Velocity-wise, it's kind of right in the bat speed that guys have over there, that slider bat, that 86 to 88 range, or you know, 84 to 86 range is kind of like nitro zone for those guys. Mm. Um, so then I, I turn my slider into a cutter, uh, oh, more, wow. more one-plane break, a little bit harder velocity, and that allowed me just to get off the barrel just, just a little bit. So now I had a pitch – um, which I'd always really struggled with lefties, but now I had a pitch to keep lefties honest in um, that was you know coming into them, which opened up a way. Mm. Um, I made my changeup play up, so it's just like this big long process of of trying to see how stuff worked um, in game. Wow! So when you talk about moving a slider to a cutter, are you talking everything different, or are you just taking a slider grip and putting different pressure on it? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what exactly was that transition? Yeah. I, I changed my grip. Uh, okay. I mean, just a, just a little bit, but it just it was more of a mindset change than anything. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, get, get on top of the ball, kind of like spin down through it. Uh, the way that I kind of envision it when I'm teaching guys is like you're throwing a cube. So if okay. I'm throwing a cube, if I'm throwing a slider, I'm trying to break off like that front, like right edge. Mm-hmm. I get off of it and break that off. Whereas with a cutter, now I'm trying to break off like that back edge and think more fastball with it. Sure. Oh, that's great. I've never heard it like that. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I, I guess I'm kind of curious here is, um, I mean, for everyone that listen, that's listening, you had a 21% strikeout rate in that first year in 2015. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, you had 24% uh, with the Bears in 2019. Would you say that the splitter really is that now? that major strikeout pitch or is there other stuff in the mix that's really getting a lot of strikeouts for you? I think it's just the mix, honestly. And you know, the one, the one thing, if you look at those numbers, if you look at walk rate, mm. um, sure. Yeah. My, 4% my walk, last year. Yeah. My, my walk rate decreased. 
uh, a ton. So getting ahead in counts, um, getting in two strikes a little bit earlier, I focused on that a lot last year. And I think you see, you know, there's I think there's a direct correlation between the walk rate and the strikeout rate is that if I'm Definitely. not falling behind in the counts, I've got more opportunities. And now I've got more weapons to use in certain certain counts. Hmm. So you, man, this, this is great. I mean, you're, you're kind of throwing me for a loop here and a lot of great questions are popping up. I also like want people to realize like, not every pitcher could just so nonchalantly say like, so I turned my slider to a cutter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So I snapped and there it was. But uh, our, our, it was funny. That I remember when it happened too. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, walk us through that. So um, I was pitching against Samsung and Samsung had a, had a left-handed heavy hitting lineup. And my first two years, um, for those that have been watching the KBO, Sam, Samsung's lineup was ridiculous. Mm. I mean, they had one through, you know, you look at the teams now and, you know, one through five are, are all pretty good. They were one through eight. Mm. Uh, they were stacked. They, like if you were an elite player in the league, you were in this lineup. So it was like pitching. Um, you know, they had Easton Yup, who is a, they call him the Homer King, the Lion King. He's got over mm. 600 homers between Japan um, and Korea. They just, I mean, they could hit. Hmm. So, and all of them were left-handed. So I go out against Samsung and I'm pitching against them and I just get absolutely blasted. Hmm. I mean, these guys, they're hanging out over the plate. Uh, I couldn't command the ball in. And our pitching coach at the time um, was Chris Oxpring. And he pitched in the league for four or five years. And I, after the game, I was like, Chris, I, I need to throw a cutter. Like, I, I, it needs... I need to turn my slider into a cutter because I need to keep these lefties honest. So in a four day process, I turned, I, mean, I think all I threw were cutters hmm. so in this four day process. And what's funny is that my next start was against Samsung. Oh, wow. My very next start. So I, I mean, I probably went three. I don't think I made out a third inning, maybe the, the, the one start, mm-hmm. but I take my cutter out. And I'm like, I'm throwing it in the game. I can see what it does. So I take it out. And I think it went seven innings, gave up, one or two hits. Uh, oh, that's like, oh, great. That's, that's fantastic. Now, so when you talk about using the cutter against lefties, are you finding yourself exclusively using for lefties as just a nullifier to get up and in against them? Or are you also darting that away against righties? Uh, it, it's both. Um, I'm throwing to both sides of the plate. Uh, um, it's a little bit safer of a pitch when I'm going into a lefty because I know, you know if I throw it, uh, it's it's going to give me a little bit more room for error than sure, my yeah. does, just because my four seam rides a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also being able to use it to my arm side as well, backdoor for a freeze pitch or, you know, OO early in the count. Right. Um, and then same thing with righties as well, uh, using it away to, to certain guys. Um, but also for with righties, like some guys can just slap it to right field. So some guys I just don't throw it to. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it's been a good pitch also like front hip to a righty for me too. Yeah. That's a, that's a, it takes a lot of guts to do that one. Uh, the, yeah. the front door, front door cutter slash. I mean, sometimes we see the breaking balls. We talk a lot yeah. about Max Scherzer doing that. And yeah. it's, it's that huge risk reward one because yeah. if they do actually stay in on it through all yeah. the way, then they can rope it down the line. But mm-hmm. it's cool to see that. I mean, if you can execute that up and into yeah. righty, I mean, they'll duck out every single time. Yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be set up. Um, very well. Usually, I don't use it early. Usually, it's late mm-hmm. around the game, um, and I'll, I'll use it in big situations because guys, you know, guys really aren't looking for it. And especially if you've pounded a guy in, if you if you've established a ball in as well, that they see that tunnel for the ball in, um, they see that line and they give up on it. So, right, um, it's you know, it's it's a chess match. Fast. 
I apologize. I'm going to ask a lot more about this repertoire because I'm so intrigued. No, no, no. Good. Yeah, go ahead. This. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just want to work through this with everybody because obviously for us, we got a very quick glimpse at you um, mm-hmm. in spring training. It was pretty much one game really that we got uh, that we can watch and we've heard just reports since. So being able to break down your repertoire is just, it's really yeah. cool to hear and understand. Um, were you, okay. So when you entered in 2015, the KBO, and then when you came out, were you throwing the same velocity on your four seamer? Yeah, uh, pretty much. I'd say, um, there might be some variation, but I, but then you've got to look also that I was, a, I was a reliever. Right. So the fast, the average fastball velocity is going to go up a little bit. And at that time I was throwing a two seam as well. Yeah. Whereas now sure. I'll ditch the two seam. So, yes. um, <laughs> So I don't, yeah, I don't use that anymore. So, you know, the way those get categorized sometimes is sometimes a two seam will fall into a four seam and a four seam will fall into a two seam. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking about you're you're actually one of my favorite follows on Twitter and and it's funny that you're talking about the cutter because you had that really moving thread about Roy Halladay yeah. uh, not too long ago where he gave, I believe I mean you could talk about it but didn't he give you that that audio book on CD yeah, yeah that's uh, he had that he had it recorded um, and he he would hand it out and uh, I, I'm not I'm sure you can find it now on audiobook somewhere but this was before audiobooks were audiobooks sure sure so yeah he recorded and he I mean he just it was a really cool moment um, for me to have that and for him to give that to me. Cause then knowing, you know, that was like, you know, his, his Bible almost. Yeah. Um, he right. Just referenced it, went back to it. So, so that leads me. So the, for those listening, if you haven't checked out the thread, you should, like I said, you could follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Lindblom 52. And it, th- there's this great story. I don't want to ruin all of it, but essentially Roy Holiday gives him this quote unquote audio book of the mental ABCs of pitching. And we're going to have plenty of mental questions at the end of the podcast. Cause I love asking pitchers about that. But the one thing that I'm curious about now is you've been making transitions your entire career. At this point, this is something that you're, that you're no stranger to, right? You're coming back to the MLB where you've had some success before, but now it seems like it's a different game than it was in 2017. Guys seem to be going more north-south. Uh, are you coming into this season, hopefully this season, if it happens, trying to stick to your game plan? Are there ways that you want to adapt in how you're sequencing? Or what, what's your focus coming into this season? Yeah, I think, you know, what when we were going through spring training, uh, that was kind of what we, were, what we were doing, you know, the game you guys saw. Uh, I think it was against the Giants, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that was televised, but that, that's the fun thing about baseball. Uh, and that's, you know, in speaking with um, the teams when I came back was that I don't feel like I'm done getting better. Uh, you want like you said, how much different the game is now. Um, when I left, you know, nobody knew what rap Soto was. Nobody, I mean, I think Trackman might have been around, but like we didn't have any of this information. We didn't, I mean, we didn't know. Um, so coming back and seeing the tools that, are available now um, and to be able to use those like I, you know, I'll be 33 in a couple weeks. And it's like, I don't, I, I don't feel like I'm done getting better yet. That's cool. That's so great. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's the fun part about this is that as long as you can stay healthy, um, you can continue to get better. Uh, you know, guys careers, you know, with one change, it can change everything. Exactly. That's, I mean, I, you know, we are largely a fantasy podcast and I can hear your draft value rising a billion (laughs) times hearing you say that you're constantly about getting better because I mean, and and this bleeds into the mental question that I wanted to ask you. You've dealt with all this change before Mm -hmm. and from the, Hey, uh, I've known you for 16 minutes, so you can obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you seem to have a very, very positive attitude, a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. 
how have you been able to deal with these? Str- I mean, I, I was reading this fantastic Jay Jaffe piece that, that was written about you yeah. in Fangraphs. And I mean, the, the day that you had with your son being born and deciding yeah. to go to Korea and getting released by the athletic, it, it was like, how, how are you able to stay so level headed with all of this? Cra- you, you also have three kids. Right. Yeah. What was a future star? How are you juggling all of this mentally? Uh, I don't, I don't know. It's a good question. I've never really <laughs> had to think about it. Um, you know, I've, there are a lot of things, uh, you know, I would say my wife, you know, her, she's a rock star. She allows me to sit in here while the other or three kids are out there bugging her. <laughs> um, and then, you know, when, it's just that the focus, you know, when being able to see like, I'm just a baseball player. Mm. Um, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a brother, I'm a son. So it's like when I'm at the field, like it's about baseball. It's about honing into my craft. It's about getting better for how, whatever time that I'm there, whatever I needed to get done that day, I go and I get done. The second that I hop in my car and I drive home, then it's time to be dad mm. or husband. Um, and you know, the people around me allowed me to do that. And, you know, let's think about being in Korea. Like it's not easy to tell your wife, Hey honey, we're going to move to Seoul or Busan, South Korea for five years. And we're going to raise our kids there Yeah, just, just to go play baseball. But, uh, yeah, just, I think I, I, it's not something I do on my own. Um, I wouldn't be able to do this without my family and, and my wife. <clears throat> That's great to hear you say. I mean, it, we've 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 been fortunate enough to ask a bunch of, of of pitchers that. So to to get the variety of answers that we're getting, that's always just such a you know, it's it's awesome to hear. So thanks yeah. for that. Yeah, really. I uh, all right, going back to the repertoire. So we kind of established you got this new cutter. It's feeling great. You do it both sides of the plate, and we have this fastball. Correct me if wrong. It's around ninety three, ninety four. Is that right, or does it go uh, higher than that? No, it's I'm I'm probably I probably settle in more like ninety ninety three in the course mm-hmm. of the game. I mean, I I can run it up to ninety three ninety four, but I mean, just over like the cor- like over the course of uh, I mean, I'm gonna there's gonna be some people that are mad about this, you know, the the velo junkies, but um, you know. I, I want to have room to pl- I view my fastball, you know, you can make it a few different pitches. Mm, sure. Um, and, you know, if, if I can get out to 90 to 91 um, and, you know, 93, 94 is the top end, like I need to be able to ch- go back and forth with my fastball too. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, definitely. So that's, you know, velo is important. Um, I, I don't want to say it's the end all be all because it's not, uh, it's, it's about execution. Um, it's about, knowing hitters it's about going out and be able to make pitches yeah i i definitely agree with that i think there is certainly yeah. something i mean for those that are you know trying to get scholarships and everything like that there is a major major uh joke about like if you don't throw 95 we don't yeah. care which is hilarious because i remember when i was i mean i was trying to do it, it's like essentially you had to throw yeah. 85 or 90 yeah and now it's just like yeah 95 like come on yeah and you know uh, i was having a conversation this morning about that and you know, you can talk about the pitches that I've added. You talk about the pitches I've subtracted. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but honestly, I think the one key to my success has been knowing who I am as a pitcher. Yeah, sure. And understanding that. So, I would love to be Garrett Cole. I would love to be Justin Verlander. I would love to be Max Scherzer. I would love to be, you know, any of these guys that are, you know, ninety-four to a hundred. Right. Um, but when I go out and I try to be something that I'm not. I'm taking away from who I actually am. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that honestly was the biggest change in Korea was that, 
hey, look, I can be 90 to 93 and maybe 94 and I can get guys out and I can do it really, really well. Yeah. So focusing, focusing in on that is honestly what I would say is the biggest change to me. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're totally right. You can have a ton of success living in that area. It's not like that's yeah. just, it's, I mean, look at Kershaw, for example. I yeah. mean, he's throwing 90 last year yeah. and still being an absolute ace, of course. Yeah. Uh, shifting to the other pitches now. So we've talked cutter and four-seamer, and you talk about the splitter. And what we saw very briefly, that had a lot of vicious drop to it. How did you learn that? And and what is the grip on that? Yeah, you guys might have heard of him. Uh, Lee Young, Lee Young, Lee Young Ho. You guys, you guys yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a. He's like the splitter master. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, same. I mean, kind of similar as the cutter. Uh, we're in. I don't know why I have such a good memory of these things. Um, All pitchers do. It's just yeah, what, it's, you guys. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know why it is. I can remember vividly. I'm in. We're in Ulsan, South Korea, our second home, and it's about eight thousand degrees outside. And I walk up to him and. Obviously, through a translator, I didn't say this. Um, my translator did, but said, hey, I want to learn a split. Um, I need something to strike guys out. I'm not striking guys out. Will you teach me? And we grabbed the bullpen catcher, and we just started throwing splits. And that was the over the all-star break. Uh, and we were back in Ulsan for the, my first start after the all-star break. And part of it probably had to do with the fact that they had no idea that I was throwing a split now. Mm. But I think I struck out like eight or nine guys. Mm, that's great. Um, right after the all-star break. But then I was like, all right, well, I got another pitch now. <laughs> now, is it, are we talking like straights, you know, essentially split off the rails or are we, uh, are we talking wider than that uh, with a seam down the middle? Uh, what kind of grip are you using? Um, so I've, yeah, I've changed. Uh, so initially when I started throwing it, um, I'll just, I wish I had a ball with me. I don't know how much, but, um, so, I just took my forcing grip and I just spread my fingers. So, and then I just took like with these two knuckles here, and this is where you want all your pressure when you throw a split is on these oh, two knuckles. Sure. So the front um, two, the, the top two, as opposed to the, yeah, the top two, yeah. that's where you're squeezing. Right. So when I throw it, um, that's how I initially started. So I get those knuckles right on the seam and I'm just thinking like four seam fastball. Sure. Pull, I'm just pulling down right through it. I'm aggressive with it. I'm trying to throw it like through the catchers, uh, almost like through his neck, the bottom of his neck, and just letting the pitch do what it, what it's supposed to do. Um, and then I, the ball, they changed the balls in Korea. Mm. So I honestly, I, I probably, was it 2019 maybe? Well, they had de-juiced him in 19, yeah. Well, 19. So the beginning of 19, I didn't have it. Like mm. I didn't, wow. I couldn't throw it. Uh, couldn't throw it for a strike. When I did throw it, it was a really, really bad changeup. Um there was no depth to it, no separation on vertical movement. So I had to like, I was messing around with grips for the first half of the year. And then there's a guy in Japan who's absolutely filthy. Um, it's his name is uh place for soft bank. I'm trying to think of his name. Um, but anyway, so I was searching on YouTube and there's a random video of him throwing a split and talking in Japanese about the grip and about how he throws it. And luckily our translator, um, spoke Japanese as well mm-hmm. as Korean. So we sat there and we watched it and he translated it for me. And then I, that's the grip that I use now. Oh, really? So, yeah. so describe that for us. What, what that grip is Kodai like. Senga. Kodai Senga. Yeah. Kodai Senga. Yeah. Kodai Senga. 26 year old. So it's, um, bottom of the horseshoe. If you want to grab the bottom of the horseshoe. Yep. 
So kind of a long flip it. All right, and then your index finger is just gonna go move it over just a tad right there. Perfect, right there. That's nice. Yes, yeah, so you're splitting it. You're splitting the one seam through the middle. Yeah, dude, yeah. it. Are you are you going as deep all the way down to the opposite no, so seams? That's, that's the one thing that you want a little bit of space in there with it. Sure. Um, yeah, because you want it to slip. You want to feel a little bit of slip, and that's what um, a lot of guys will do is they'll jam. Like I don't like the way it feels when it's jammed back in. Yep. I feel like it gets stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want it to slip a little bit when it comes out. Right. So yeah. So you want there to be the want the webbing off the ball yeah. uh, between your fingers, and you want it's kind of fork ballish then. Yeah. Slightly. I mean, you're not getting the full on hump of it. Yeah. But it's not right. all and the you, way dug back in. And when you, th- I mean, when you throw it, you don't want like similar like a curveball. You don't want it to pop. Right. Pop right. But when you're able to throw it and stay on that same line of your fastball, I mean, yeah. that's ideal. Um, the ideal line with it. No, I, I love it. I love it. And it's so, it's so great to hear those stories. I mean, we wonder like, oh, totally. this guy's a new pitch. Yeah. You watch the video of, of another pitcher in a different country. Yeah, man. Throw it. And you're like, oh, great. Now I have a splitter. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we've also, we've had a lot of highlights on, on this series, but one of them is you playing, you know, uh, baseball twister uh, through the camera, you know, positioning Nick's hand <laughs> while, while it's happening. is it brilliant. Like, okay, index finger, right. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, knuckle down. Knuckle. Um, down. Yeah. So we, we, uh, another thing uh, that you kind of brought up is interesting is, um, catcher positioning, right? And how you like to have your catcher set up and where you want him placing the glove. Nick and I last year were watching, I think it was a wild card with Mitch Garver and the Twins versus the Yankees, or it was the, uh, it was a three game series. It was the first game. Yeah. Yeah. And we noticed that uh, the ball was never going, uh, Mitch Garver set up in one place and yeah. that was it. That's all he wanted to do. Set up in one place. And that seems like that's what the pitcher wanted. Is your relationship with the catcher the same? Where do you like to have him set up? Um, so I'm, as the count goes on, uh, early, um, I want, I want halves, uh, because, because strike one is so important for me. And then as you know, if it's Oh one, then we go to like thirds or maybe quarters. Mm -hmm. Um, but as you know, one, two, 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 then I want more of the plate, um, that the catcher is set up on because, you know, for me, because strike throwing, getting ahead is so important because if I don't get ahead, then I can't go to the split. I can't go to these other pitches that are my strikeout pitches. So strike one for me is, is so important. That is, man, I am so amped to hear you say that, dude. I just gave a whole presentation on getting ahead in the count. And it seems like when I think about your splitter, and, well, okay, l- let me say this then. Guys in the MLB swung more in first pitches than ever before last year, right? Than yeah. ever before. Uh, it, was that something that's on your mind when you came over? Is there a way that uh, you can't obviously show, you know, give us everything that's in the sauce, but is that coming to your mentality about how you would want to approach MLB hitters in, you know, in terms of your arsenal? Yeah, for sure. Because I think, you know, when you have guys swinging more, then the split does play earlier in the count. Um, whereas if you've got guys that are more, more patient, uh, the mindset on the split is swing and miss. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've got a guy that's auto take, oh, oh, I'm not going to use the split because it's more than likely it's not going to end up in the zone. Um, so when you've got guys that are more aggressive earlier in the count, you can throw pitches that look like fastballs and get, you know, induce weak contact. You can induce swing and misses early. And then what that does also is that it sets that pitch up in the hitter's mind. Hey, if he's going to go to this early and he has confidence, oh, oh, he's probably going to go to it late as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. It, just, it just opens up the, this like web of possibities uh, when you do get strike one. 
so uh, so continuing with your repertoire here, uh, you also have a curveball in the mix as well. Uh, so so talk us through that one. Do you find that as I mean, has a split kind of taken over as your go to whiff pitch, or do you find yourself using that using that curveball as well? Um, the curve, my curveball is I would call it more of my changeup. Okay. Huh. Wow. Um, so you know when you look at the speed differential on all my pitches, you know fastball ninety to ninety three. And you've got cutter that's, you know, let's say 85 to 88 ish. You've got split that's 84, 85, 83, 85. Change up is 83, 85. So you've got these pitches that are within this 10 mile an hour range. You've got pretty much 83 to 93 with all my pitches. Mm, right. And my curveball is like 70. If you, if anybody has any tips on how to throw this thing hard, let me know. Twenty <laughs> some odd years, and it doesn't matter how hard I try to throw this thing, it comes out seventy every single time. Oh man, that's amazing! <laughs> so the the way that I use it is I use it um, the way that I think of getting hitters out is you can get a hitter out in and out, you can go up and down, you can go back and forth. So this like three dimensional sure yeah get hitters out. Um, so my curveball is my changeup because of the speed differential between my fastball and the other pitches. So that's kind of like, I guess you'd call it like my rock back and forth pitch. Uh, it's good some days. Um, it's, it's, it's never not good. It's just for me, some days I can't throw for a strike and then it's obsolete. Right. I'm probably giving away too much scattering report on me to some hitters going to be watching this, but, um, it's, I mean, I might throw it, you know, three to four times a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but picking spots to use it in. Well, it's one of those things where you have enough of a repertoire anyway that you're not ultra reliant on it mm-hmm. on a given day. You have your four seamer, you yeah. have your cutter, you have your split. I mean, that enough is, is fine. And the curveball can be there as a bonus on yeah. some days. When it's not, you're fine. You have enough in the yeah. in the back pocket to get yeah. out of any situation. 100%. And then it is good, I will use it more. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk about what, like, in a start, is it something where you're, you know, you're warming up, you're in the dugout, and you're throwing curveballs, and you're like, I don't have it today? Or are you just doing it on the mound and letting the game dictate whether or not you have it? Look, when I'm warming up, like, when I'm throwing my flat ground before I go to the mound to warm up, I know if I've got it. <laughs> okay, yeah, wow. Okay. As early as that, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I, mean, I, know, I, mean, I know. There must have been times like in the game, it's like the fourth inning or so. You like use your warm up pitches, like, I want to see if I have this curveball yeah. back. Or maybe it's like the eight hitter. You're up an 0-2. Like, all right, let's see I if I've it. got it again, right? And yeah. you, that's when you throw in a curveball just to make oh, sure. Just to see if you've got it. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. I love that. I think yeah. that's that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right. I, we, we don't want to keep you too long. We know you have three kids behind you and your wife <laughs> is probably like, when is this podcast <laughs> over? Uh, so there, there's just two questions that we try, that we love to ask as many pitchers as we can. You already said it. You have... a. Uh, uh, Pitchers have the most freakish memory of any sect of humans that I have talked to. And it always is of endless fascination to me. And what I would love to hear is if there is one sequence or strikeout, uh, or it could be really anything, home run, whatever, that you remember that has stuck with you throughout your career. So last year in the Korean series, um, it was the fifth inning. And we had a, I think we were up three or four nothing. And, you know, going, I, Going through the the lineup, going through the scouting report, um, I had had a sequence for a specific part in the game for a specific hitter, uh, Kim Gu Min, um, that based on his like his heat maps that I knew would work. Um, so, anyways, bases are loaded and there's like no outs. So Korean series this is like the biggest. Yeah, of course, right. 
Um, and this entire sequence was dependent upon getting strike one. And I needed to get strike one away with a fastball in order for this sequence to work because he was, he's very good on the ball away from him. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't elevate it. Obviously in a, you know, in a bases loaded situation, he's going to be ultra aggressive. So if this, if this pitch gets elevated a little bit in the zone, he slaps it two run score. Um, and it, it wouldn't be good. So getting strike one down and over the fastball was key. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get strike one. And the other thing about him is that he struggles with the ball in his hands. And once you get him sped up and in his hands, you can throw back foot curveball. So I did have my curveball this game, which is another key part of this. Um, so I went uh, the fastball down and away, and then I think it was maybe a, a cutter, cutter in, or maybe it was a four seam in first um, at his hands, and I got him to swing at both. So I knew the second that I had him swinging, I could drop the curveball in. Right, and right. That was my goal. Was I'm going to go into your hands until you just are refusing to swing? Yeah. Um, so I get him swinging, and the, the numbers were crazy on this. Like his swing and miss rate, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but it was like 100. percent It was either a strikeout or it was a ground ball. Mm-hmm. So. I get in the situation and I get to two strikes on him. And obviously I'm throwing a curveball at his back foot and we get a ground ball to end the inning. Um, and it was, I mean, it was really cool like to play out and to see, see it happen. That's um, so great. That's and I love that. Yeah. We got it. We got, we're going to find that. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. going to see if we can find that. Cause that's right. a- amped, uh, rightfully. So after I made the pitch, <laughs> I mean, it's everyone talks about like the the numbers, like oh, I'm not thinking about the numbers and stuff. But that is actually the perfect situation of saying, hey, we studied this, and not yeah. just feeling at the moment. We studied this, had a plan, executed it, and yeah. it worked in at the largest stage, you yeah. know, in, in the Korea series. So yeah, that, that's amazing. I love it. You know, like and, and practicing that, you know, you know, for the young listeners right now, like practicing pitches that you wouldn't normally do in you know situations like mm-hmm. that. Mm. Um, I was watching, uh, I can't remember, it was a documentary, maybe it was called Legendary or something like that. They interviewed like Jerry Rice and Wayne Gretzky, um, trying to think who else was in it, um, Ronaldo or Ronaldinho maybe or somebody. And Jerry Rice uh, made a comment and he said, you know, everyone talks about these amazing catches that I made and how, that, you know, they just couldn't believe that I made these catches. And he said, but what people don't understand is like when up from the time I was five or six years old, like I was throwing a football up in the dark and, and catching it. Mm, I was practicing right. these unbelievable catches. So for me to make these catches, like I had done this time and time again. So it wasn't anything new. Yeah. Um, so from a practice standpoint, like, you know, you've got three, two bases loaded and you need to throw a curveball for a strike. Like, hey, practice that. So we've, you've done it before. Right, that confidence in those pitches and situations that you normally wouldn't throw it in. Yeah, David yeah. Cohen would talk about this all the time. He would actually practice throwing his curveball to hit the plate. Mm-hmm. And that's something that it really needs to be practiced more because when you yeah. throw a curveball, you're not always trying to throw a strike. You're trying to yeah. throw one into the back foot of, of a hitter. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to be able to do that if you don't practice it. So yeah. 
And I also, I love it too, because, you know, if you think about game theory, right, and how you're going to fool these hitters like that, there's no way that that hitter, you know, if if arguably your best pitches are your slider or your splitter or whatever you you may think those two best pitches are, there's no way he's thinking, oh, he's throwing a curveball right here. You know what I mean? There's just no way he's doing that. And when you're a kid out there playing, you're like, you know, bottom of the ninth World Series, bases loaded, I'm throwing my fastball. No, I love the mentality of like, no, I'm actually going with something that you're not going to expect. That's great. I love that. Yeah. All right. So a question that we love to ask. It's one of those situations where we feel like we know so much about the game and obviously we don't, uh, <laughs> where we see these mound visits and all we say is, okay, they're clearly talking about this next batter, whatnot. And we just dream in the back of our heads. That's really just a bull Durham situation. You should yeah. get them flowers, all that kind of stuff. And we talked to uh, um, uh, Jerry Blevins, who said that Dan Morthen came out because his wife said that he looked good on TV that day. <laughs> Uh, and so I have to ask, is there one memorable mound visit that you have that wasn't really what we'd expect? I do. Uh, and this is, I mean, this is kind of funny Korean. Um, so obviously I have a translator on the mound, mm. uh, when they do mound visits. So I don't remember the situation, but our pitching coach comes out and I know, like, I know a little bit of Korean. Mm-hmm. So he asked me in Korean, he says, are you okay? Mm. In Korean. So like the way a translator works is usually he's thinking, Hey, like you're going to say Korean and then I'm going to translate it to English. And then from English, it's going to like pop back. And then right. I'm going to go back. So it's like, I don't know how they do it. It's unbelievable. Mm. Um, so in Korean, our pitching coach asked me, he says, are you okay? So I respond in Korean. <laughs> yes, I'm fine. Yeah. And then our translator <laughs> goes back to our, Uh, in English (laughs) and says he said that he's fine (laughs) our pitching coach looks at him and hits him on the mouth (laughs) it was like it was a a great inside joke it was was so funny (laughs) oh that's so great I mean that's what you want too right you want to not be nervous I don't know there's probably a camera we're laughing on the mouth because it was so funny (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing Oh man, that is absolutely amazing. Um, and Josh, this has been great. We 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 can't uh, we can't thank you enough for taking the time uh, to talk with us today. It really has been a blast. And like I said, I mentioned it before. One of my favorite follows on Twitter. If you're not doing it right now, you're making a mistake. Go follow him on Twitter at Josh Lindblom fifty two. Thanks so much, man. Really yeah, means a lot. No thank you guys. Appreciate it.